Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Well, welcome back, friends, to another episode of The Boundless Self. I am incredibly excited to have you here yet again. And today's episode is an absolute banger, if I don't say so myself. Um, and it's come from a lot of conversations I've been having recently about pe- with people about their limiting beliefs. Today's episode is how to actually heal your limiting beliefs, what you need to be doing instead. Stop clearing them, stop trying to affirm otherwise, stop writing them on a piece of paper and burning them into the fire there's something else that you need to do in order to finally heal, in quotation marks, from a limiting belief. Now, this happens time and time again where I meet so many people, and I was one of these people who say, you know, I have this limiting belief of I'm not good enough, or I am aware I've got this limiting belief. I know that I've got this core belief of insert XYZ. And this is where self-awareness can actually become such a hindrance rather than a helper on the journey. Your limiting beliefs are an invitation to feel, deal, and heal a repressed part of you that's actually feeling some really big feelings and emotions that you weren't safe to feel or to acknowledge or to process at the time. Your limiting beliefs are part of a big recipe of things that have happened in situations in your lives. Limiting beliefs are these subconscious assumptions or perceptions or narratives about you, about the world, about the way it works that are usually created based on something or some event in your life. They usually exist to protect you, to protect you in some way from change, from loss, from fear, from failure. They exist essentially to keep you in your comfort zone and to keep you from having to experience something that you've probably had to repress in the past. So they stop you from having to experience a certain emotion or a certain feeling or releasing a certain part of you. They do exist to protect us, but they exist to protect us from this very caveman-esque part of our brain that's highly concerned with fitting in, with belonging, with connecting. And the best way to do that is to often to fit in, to do the easy thing, to be quiet, to not make a fuss, And so we end up abandoning all these parts of ourselves that are loud, that are angry, that are sad, that are upset, that have all of these emotions based on real life experiences, based on shitty things that you might have felt or experienced in your life. And you're carrying this stuff around with you. So the real question is, when you've identified a limiting belief, and I'm not even going to go into that because there are so many things out there on the interwebs about identifying limiting beliefs. You've probably got a bunch that you've already identified. I want to help you in this episode with what do you do next? Now, a ton of the self-development and healing industry will tell you to do things like, you know, ask if it's true, gather evidence that it's not, look for expanders, take messy action, say the opposite in an affirmation every day, write it down, burn the belief, clear it, cut the cord, which is so lovely and absolutely can help. 
However, I do believe that there are so much more to our limiting beliefs. I believe they are such an invitation to meet these repressed parts of ourselves and these emotions and these feelings that we have as human beings. And these this act of reclaiming these repressed parts of you and the emotions are what are actually going to give you the freedom, the confidence to be able to take the action that you really want in your life. In other words, a limiting belief is something that you can't go under, you can't go around, you have to go through it to see what's hidden beneath the layers and find the gems inside. Our limiting beliefs are our greatest protector. They protect us from seeing things beneath the surface. They protect us from seeing the parts of ourselves that we don't want to see or acknowledge because for some reason or another, society, the world, your friends, your parents have told you that you're not allowed to be a person that feels that way or you've learned or absorbed that. When you identify a core belief, when you identify something that limits you, This is signaling that there's a part of you that feels this and it's your job to meet this part of you and to help this part of you feel, deal and heal their emotional experiences that they had to repress, which created this limiting belief in the first place. Now, the reason this is so important to me and I hinted at it earlier and why I'm doing this episode today is because I was the self-awareness queen I still am to some degree and I meet so many of you um, in my workshops and coaching and my programs and online on social media who are so you know devastatingly aware of the beliefs that limit you and yet you still feel stuck I was this person I knew that there was a limiting, I had a limiting belief of I'm not good enough. And I knew where it came from. I understood that it was there. You know, my father wasn't in my life. My He abandoned my mother and me as a baby. So I knew where it came from. And I still felt stuck. I remember burning so much paper. I remember trying to clear so much of this. I remember wishing it away. I remember handing it over. I remember doing all these things before I actually found freedom. And what was so ironic was that this belief of I'm not good enough, even when I was on the healing journey, or I thought I was, or when I was aware of it, it still continued to manifest in my life as both physical and emotional symptoms and gut issues and an eating disorder and a lack of confidence and self-doubt and my relationships and so many more things. So today I'm going to share with you a process that I've gone through and it's now the process that I take my clients through and it is usually what I call fear work. It's diving into the emotions that we have as human beings and our reactions that we weren't safe to have. It involves both a nervous system side of completing the cycle that your body went through in those moments, as well as meeting and reparenting the parts of you that learnt, you know, I'm not good enough at a very young age or I'm unlovable, whatever that was. I'm going to share with you this process. Now, I'm also going to share with you two of my really key prime examples in my own life that lead me to create certain limiting beliefs that limited me, as you can take it, for a really long time. Now, these things and these events that I want to share with you, one of them is around 
sexual assault, which I want to share with you open and vulnerably about what that experience was like inside my brain and what happened there. And I also feel it's my duty here to share um, a trigger warning. So if this is something that you've been through, if this is something that's going really close to your chest at the moment, please look after yourself and please decide if this episode is going to be helpful for you to listen to or if it's going to be harmful for you at the moment, okay? Um, as always, I will share it in the kindest, most compassionate and loving way that I can, but I want to give this example and another one as well about abandonment so you can see, feel and understand how we create these limiting beliefs and how we repress and avoid and create these exiled parts of us that have all these feelings and what the road really looks like to healing a limiting belief and finding freedom from it. So as I mentioned, I've had a core limiting belief of I'm not good enough for forever. And I probably learned that I had this belief, I'd say when I was about mm, 17, oh, maybe even younger. I, I understood from probably ages 14 to 17 that as my biological father abandoned my mother and I and chose not to be in my life, I knew that that abandoned me, abandonment had affected me in some way and that I had kind of blamed myself and that I didn't feel good enough, that I felt broken. I knew that from a very young age and it was really interesting to go on the journey of learning just what was really beneath that limiting belief of I'm not good enough. And I always assumed that because of that situation with the abandonment with my father, I had this limiting belief of I'm not good enough and I kept trying to fix it. I kept trying to hand it over. I kept trying to get rid of it. I kept thinking that, you know, when I entered the self-development industry, I thought, oh my God, like I can literally just snap my fingers. I can burn it. I can hand it over. I can do whatever it is that I need to do and it'll be gone, right? And in this act of trying to fix myself and trying to get rid of it, I didn't realize what I was doing. I didn't realize that in turn, I was still creating more shame, more internal judgment about the fact that this was my experience. So as I mentioned, my biological father abandoned my mother and I as a baby and chose not to be in my life. Now, how I created this belief so you can get the full picture and maybe resonate with some of this in your own life too. When I was a really young child, when I began to realize that I didn't have a father present and other people did, I re realized that I was different. And in my young brain, I started to put together the pieces, right? I started to realize, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm different. I blamed myself. I believed it was my fault that I wasn't good enough and that I must have done something that caused him to not want to be in my life. And children do this. We all do this. We're egotistical as children. We do blame ourselves because as a child, your world literally is you. You know, you're, you're all encompassed with it. And that's exactly how it's meant to be in a child's brain. But at this time, what was happening was blaming myself was the safest and most appropriate reaction to have. And in my world that I lived in, you know, and when I actually began the healing journey when I realized that Jesus Christ I've still got this belief after years and years and years and years of trying to heal it I've still got this limiting belief of I don't feel good enough and when I actually asked this part of me how they really felt about the act of being abandoned by my biological father about my biological father choosing not to be in my life when I actually got in a safe space 
when I stopped blaming myself and shaming me and blaming myself for the situation, I looked at the circumstance and I said, how do I actually feel, right? And there was a ton of repressed anger that I'd never even realized I was carrying around with me in my body. I was so angry at my father for not being in my life, for putting my mum through what she had to go through raising a child on her own. And for all the moments that I had as a child going, my God, what's wrong with me? Why is my dad not here? There was so much anger at that. And anger, that reaction to somebody abandoning you, anger is a healthy reaction to have. There is such a thing as healthy anger, healthy pain, healthy sadness. All our emotions are actually healthy and made to be felt. And yet society told me, and I absorbed this message from society at a very young age, I believed that anger was a bad emotion to have as a child. And so even if I would have felt a glimpse of I'm angry at my dad for leaving me, I would shove that down, I would repress it, I'd repress the part of me that was angry, and rightfully so, they are allowed to be angry. I was allowed to be angry at the situation, it was upsetting, it was painful, and your anger is such an indication of, you know, a boundary being crossed. And because I learned that anger wasn't a healthy emotion to have, I grew up in a household where there was no anger present. You know, anger was an emotion that you dealt with on your own behind closed doors. Anger was seen as violent, aggressive, and very shameful to have. So, of course, the safest thing for me to do as a child when I started putting these pieces together was to avoid the part of me and shove down the part of me that was angry and to blame myself and think there was something wrong with me. And I carried around this anger in my body unknowingly for years. I'm talking probably 10 to 15 years of my young life. And the weight of that, you know, these emotions that we don't want to feel, you know, whether it's sadness or anger or shame or whatever, the emotions that we refuse to feel and acknowledge that are really there, they don't go anywhere this is the kicker they live in your body they you literally carry them around with you I love to describe it as as if you have a backpack on and all the emotions that you don't want to feel all the reactions that you aren't safe to have at the time you shove them into the backpack and you carry them around and they are heavy they are heavy to carry around with you for such a long time and so when I began to finally accept and acknowledge that there's a part of me that is really angry at the situation, when I began to accept and acknowledge that, it was huge. It was like I cracked open a whole new force of something. And this act of repression, of pushing down my real emotions, of refusing to feel my feelings that I actually had, and, you know, going around and narrating the story inside my head, if I'm not good enough, it was my fault. Even though it would have been at, you know, an unconscious level to some degree, but I knew, I did know a lot about it because I, like I said, I was very aware I had this limiting belief and I kept trying to fix it. Of course, you can imagine what, what my life was like. Of course, you can imagine what my relationships were like. Of course, you can imagine how I felt about myself. I didn't believe in myself one bit and it led me to some really dark places. 
And all of this manifested in an eating disorder and huge struggles with my drinking and hurting and abusing my body. And it was incredibly painful. But when I began to finally realize that one, I'm allowed to be angry about this situation. Anger is not the bad thing in the room here, right? When I began to rewrite my relationship with the emotion of anger, I accepted, I acknowledged that there's this part of me that feels angry. And when I began to learn and really reteach myself how to feel and process anger and also my sadness and pain that accompanied it, because, you know, as a young kid, you you are learning how to feel and process emotions, but you're learning based on what you see within other people. And for me, anger was something that I saw as violent. I saw it as aggressive. And so, of course, I didn't want to be that way. And I had to really go through this process of teaching myself how to healthfully feel my anger, how to let it be okay, how to accept it, and how to not turn my anger into violence, but turn it into a healthy release of energy. Same with the sadness and the pain. Sadness and pain and shame are all emotions, again, that we see, you know, in movies, Bridget Jones feeling her sadness and pain, eating bucket loads of ice cream and Ben and Jerry's on the couch and, you know, abusing her body at the gym and weighing herself every morning, continuing the cycle of shame. So that's how I learned to feel my sadness and my pain and my shame. I learned, and Bridget Jones is the classic example, but that was what was quite present in my life and what I saw as you know, how you expressed these emotions. And so that's what I did. So part of this journey and what I want you to hear from this is rewriting the relationships you have to certain emotions and deciding and creating how you actually feel and healthily process these emotions. And I'm going to definitely create this in one of the next few episodes about breaking down each emotion and how to feel, express and experience them in a healthy way because I think that would be really cool. Um, but when I began this journey of accepting this part of me, that I was angry, that I was sad, that I was in pain, this is when I really started to, you know, in quotation marks, heal. But it's also when I started to actually change. I started changing how I spoke to myself. I began finally healing this journey of believing that I was good enough, that I didn't have to be you know, a certain weight or look a certain way or have a certain, you know, number of followers or a partner or, you know, be this, be this, you know, party girl that was so entertaining and funny. It was when I finally started to believe I'd, I just had to be me. Me being me is enough. This is when by doing this emotional work, which I never would have thought was possible, this was when I started to actually build confidence. It's when I started to truly change my life. I stopped drinking. I left relationships. I started going after my dreams and I started being more of my real self in the world and speaking up and taking action rather than drinking my life away and trying to be the person that everyone else wanted or the person that I thought everybody else wanted me to be. When I began to judge my emotional experiences less, when I told this part of me, when I met this angry, upset part of me, that it was okay to feel however I needed to feel and I was allowed to feel that, when I started to actually process these emotions instead of staying stuck in the belief and the shame that it was my fault that I wasn't good enough, everything began to change. I want to fill in a second example here, which will illustrate this point further. And again, this is relating to sexual assault. So please look after yourself in as I share this story. 
at 20 years old, I was sexually assaulted by a really good friend. And in this experience, I created another huge limiting belief in my life that impacted me very heavily. At the time of this sexual assault, the safest reaction for me to have was to freeze, to shut down, and I actually pretended I was asleep and I told no one. From this experience, I then internalized this limiting belief that I must have asked for it, that it was my fault that this happened. I must have done something to make him think, to make my friend think that I wanted it, that this was okay. It was my fault. I blamed myself. You can see the mirror in the same with the abandonment story about my father. You can see similar lines. The safest reaction for me to have at the time was to shame myself, was to stay quiet, and was to believe it was my fault. And I sat in that space for a really long time. It was not safe for me to have the actual valid reaction of anger of outright anger at a friend, a person, let alone a friend in my life, doing this. When I began the journey of healing this sexual assault, I actually asked this part of me, I remember it clear as day, I asked in the visualization, I asked this part of me, how do you actually feel towards this person and about that moment? And again, there was so much anger. Instead of that surface level, if you can imagine the surface level of that limiting belief that I created, it was my fault, the shame and the sadness and the blaming myself. Once I moved past that and gave myself permission, gave myself a safe space, I sought a somatic therapist, I got help. Once I did that, I realized there was this part of me that was so incredibly angry. And what I learned and understood again was of course I was angry. This person was my friend. And all of this healthy anger was coming because a physical boundary of mine had been violated. There was no real use in me blaming myself in this situation. It really wasn't my fault. And in order to get to that belief, in order to create the belief and really make peace with the fact that it wasn't my fault in order to heal the limiting belief that I blamed myself and it was my fault, I had to feel and acknowledge the part of me that felt so fucking angry that this had happened. I had to really drive into that and see, of course it makes sense that I'm angry. That was a horrible thing that happened. You trusted this person. They violated you. You are allowed to be angry. At the time, though, my poor little traumatized brain, anger was the, the least safest thing for me to be able to experience in that moment. I had to be quiet. I had to sit down. I had to shut up. I had to just pretend to be asleep. I had to freeze to get through that moment because I was in danger. But in the healing of it, anger was very helpful. And the key here is to really hear that whilst I spent all of this time trying to fix the parts of me that felt broken, while I spent all this time trying to fix, you know, the belief that I didn't feel good enough, I spent all this time trying to build more confidence, trying to believe that I was enough, that I am good enough. The key to this was realizing that I was blaming and judging myself for both of these experiences. And the healing and the freedom and the confidence and the trust and the belief in myself 
came from acknowledging and feeling both the healthy anger, the pain, the sadness, the frustration, all of the encompassing emotions that I felt that I, at the time, I had to stuff down that I was unable to feel because it wasn't safe to feel and I didn't know how. It was safer for me to have these reactions of blaming myself and believing I wasn't good enough or it was my fault than to be angry in those moments and allow myself to process it as I could have been hurt even more in that experience. I see your limiting beliefs as being the doorway into meeting the truest parts of yourself and the emotions that you weren't safe to feel or experience. I want you to, if you've identified a limiting belief today, Stop writing them down on a piece of paper. Stop judging yourself for having a limiting belief. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back and ask yourself, when did I learn this about myself? When did I learn that I wasn't good enough? When did I create this belief? There might have been multiple experiences. Find one. Find one that feels safe to work with. Then begin to ask yourself, and this is where your journal comes in so handy here, because on the when you're journaling, you can really access this subconscious part of your brain once you get into that free flow, or even just sit with yourself and ask yourself, how do I actually feel about that experience? For example, if it was a partner leaving you and you felt, again, I wasn't good enough, go back to that experience. How do you actually feel? If you leave the part of you that feels that doesn't feel good enough over to one side, how do you actually feel about the experience? What emotions are present? Is it sadness? Is it anger? Is it pain? What is it? By feeling these emotions, by giving yourself permission to feel the emotions rather than almost psychoanalyzing about the beliefs you've created, you're able to get to the depth. You're able to get to the root layer of the issue. The belief is the surface level story. The belief is what you had to do to get through the experience. It was the safest option for you to get through it. But it's time now to look at the emotions and the reactions that you weren't allowed to have, or it wasn't safe for you to feel them. These are all the emotions that you've stuffed down, all the things that you have been refusing to feel because you've got all these beliefs about, you know, anger is bad, sadness is bad, pain is bad, I can't do this, I can't feel this. And when you learn these things, and again, please seek help and support to feel some of these things that are coming up, make sure you're surrounded by safety, by love. These are your keys to freedom. Because this act of pushing down how you really feel and storing these emotions in your body. It's a contraction. This energy of stuffing down and avoiding the processing of the energy. So emotions are energy moving through the body. And when we don't let that complete, so for example, the anger, when I felt that anger about being assaulted by a friend, when I felt that anger at my dad not being there in my childhood and making life really hard for my mum in the early years, Instead of feeling it, I stuffed it down and it was a huge part of energy that was just sitting stagnant in my body and I was actively having to contract and push it down. And this is what causes, you know, the manifestation of both physical and emotional symptoms like anxiety, gut issues, self-doubt, avoidance. So how can you, with what you know about your own limiting beliefs 
How can you create a space for the parts of you that feel this way to feel the real emotions? How can you ask these parts of you, how do you really feel about these experiences that taught you these things? What emotions do you not want to feel? How can you explore that more? I truly believe that this is the key to healing and the key to freedom. It lies in judging ourselves less for our emotional experiences and allowing ourselves to feel as the human beings that we are. And when we do this, we get to live a full, luscious, juicy life where we're less caught up in the shame and the blame and we're more concerned with taking messy action, with doing it anyway, with feeling the fear and going for it, with accepting ourselves for who we are, less trying to be perfect. And that's a life that I know that you all want to live. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a pretty heavy episode today, but again, really important to dive into such a deep place in terms of limiting beliefs. If you are looking for support, if you are looking for a method, a step-by-step process, um, guidance and a way to free yourself, to build confidence in who you are, to be your authentic self in the world and to grow and to really go after the dreams that you have for your life, come and join us inside of Magnify. Magnify is my five-week healing and mindset program. We start this Saturday, so it's in a few days from when this episode is released. It's a beautiful, incredible program helping you to remember who you are. Find confidence and power in your authentic self to let go of the past and teaching you how to feel all of these feelings and emotions so you can have a healthy relationship with them and with the parts of you that don't feel good enough moving forward so that you can continue to show up in life and take action towards your biggest dreams. This is Magnify. It's an incredible experience. I will put the link to Magnify in the show notes. I also have three spaces left until the end of the year for one-to-one coaching. So the way that one-to-one coaching differs from a small group program is it's one-on-one. It's just you and me. We're diving deep into every single personal aspect of your life. It's again similar themes of helping you to uncover who you really are and become, you know, the strongest, most amazing version of you that's authentic to you. One-on-one coaching is really focused on people who have recognized that they are holding themselves back in a lot of ways and they're ready to take those steps forward. One-on-one coaching is for you if you don't like the idea of doing this deep healing inside of group space, you feel safer in a one-to-one setting. And you might have multiple areas of life that this is showing up in. So those are the two different options in terms of working with me right now. I'll put the link to both of those programs in the show notes and book in a free connection call. So to apply for these programs, book in a connection call with me. It's a free 30-minute chat to really see if coaching is the right fit for you. Um, to get to the root of some of the stuff that's going on for you. You'll get a lot of information out of this call as well. And I will share with you if coaching is the right fit. And if not, I'll share with you what I believe is going to be really, really powerful for you in your next steps to creating the life that, you always have, that you've always dreamt of. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you resonated with it, again, the best way that you can help me 
grow my business and this podcast is to share it. Share it to your social media stories or send it to a friend. But your personal recommendation of these episodes and what you've learned from them really do help me spread this message far and wide. There are a lot of us out there who don't feel good enough and a lot of the reason for that is all of these parts of us that have all these beautiful emotions and feelings that we have no idea how to feel. And teaching that, teaching people how to do this and how to reclaim and heal and reparent the parts of themselves that don't feel good enough, that have doubt, that blame themselves, that have always thought there's something wrong with them. It is my purpose in this world and my greatest gift. So share it far and wide. Have the most beautiful day and remember you are enough, you are loved, you are worthy, you are not alone, it was not your fault. Give your inner child all of the love today that they need. And final reminder, there is also still the free five-day inner child healing challenge if you haven't already done it and you want to start doing some of this work. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much.